Welcome to the new healthcare economy where everyone wins for a change. Employers, consumers, primary care physicians, outcomes, shareholders, even our communities all win with costs dropping 20 to 60%. This unstoppable direct contracting movement bypasses the big middles with their crooked game boards, devious rule book, rigged dice, and purchased referees. I'm Rob Barshop, and I'm glad you're here. Texas Rangers motto is one man, one riot, politically incorrect. But if you didn't like the original, you're not going to like the original, original motto because it's even worse. And it says, little man will whoop a big and every time he's in the right and keeps it coming. You know, I just love that motto because it's such a perfect launch for today's guest because we're talking about an undersized, uber poor school district with 353 employees taking on an uber wealthy Texas Teachers Retirement System, we're going to call it TRS, and winning using local primary care at the center of their strategy. So the same TRS, which soon moves into a lovely new headquarters in a trendy Austin neighborhood, they budgeted $300 million for this move into these two nice towers, and the average price per square foot for the tower is $1,450 per square foot. So to compare that, you could build a really nice school in Texas for less than half that. You could build a competent school for a fourth of that. So an average home in this hip Austin neighborhood is pushing 700 grand. And it's chock full of coffee bars and trendy hotspots and all the Gen Z's working in tech. And not many teachers can really afford to live in this headquarter neighborhood the TRS is in. So it might be overly kind if impolite to say TRS is out of touch with those people they're serving. And every teacher in the Lone Star State knows it. We all know God bless Texas, but did you know that the finish to that sentence that got cut off is with smart teachers? So the schools are at the center of this labor hurricane caused by a knee-jerk pandemic response, by chronic understaffing, lousy class ratios, and low pay. Does this sound familiar, healthcare heroes? On indefinite paid leave is my good friend who's a West Coast buddy. He's a master teacher of special ed. So he teaches teenagers with a third to fifth degree reading comprehension. And he has one other dude in this school he's in with 42 women in the school. That would drive me mad alone. But for 20 years, he's been considered well-respected and beloved as a master teacher. And he trying to teach special ed teens to read on a Zoom call is a Herculean ask. He describes his pandemic PTSD exactly like the dozens of veterans that I've served as a volunteer for many years. He's loath to compare himself to our wounded warriors, but the symptom comparisons are my own, but they're a mirror image of someone who's been in battle. And in a panel of support last week, his leadership told him mental health issues are super common among experienced teachers like him. They don't want to lose him. So he's on an indefinite paid sabbatical. The National Education Agency reports that over half all teachers want out. The great teacher resignation mirrors what we're seeing in our hospitals. And teaching on a Zoom call for almost two years was a bridge too far for a traditionally low pay and understaffed profession with out of whack ratio of kid to teachers. Hello, nurses. And the implications for Raymondville Independent School District. Well, 
It's just beyond hard to recruit young bilingual teachers in a small town in Texas. It's a several hour drive to a far more exciting San Antonio and Austin metros. And teaching like medicine is a calling and teaching in rural America like medicine is a very niche calling. So back to our story. Now the health plan forced on Texas schools was unaffordable to a third of Raymondville's 353 employees. The deductibles were sky high. So why pay premiums or make monthly payments for a Tesla you can't even afford to drive? It's too much car anyway, and one repair and you're in the hole. One ER visit, boom, you're in financial trouble. So the average Texas school district has double the number of students of Raymondville Independent School District, which is 99% minority enrollment, mostly Hispanic, and is an hour's drive from the Reynosa-Mexico border crossing. So not only is it among the smallest school districts in Texas, but it's the poorest in the state with a mostly Medicaid-served population of around 11,000 souls. Now, 10 years ago, they had the exact same size town, and I'm talking about a state, Texas, that is the number one in population growth. So thank you very much, California, for your nanny state policies. We always appreciate your good people and jobs. But this story has implications not only for 1,250 other Texas ISDs, but there's 13,000 independent school districts across the country serving our 55 million school kids. If we wanna keep our teachers and support staff like cafeteria workers and bus drivers, janitorial and an admin, these sky high deductibles are simply unsustainable when you're making 20, 30, 40,000 a year. Y'all all know the problem, we've been talking about this for 150 shows, so what's the solve? Hey, I'm glad you asked. Well, enter our three intrepid heroes. Ben Clinton, a Rice University-educated deputy superintendent of Raymondville Independent School District, his boss, an open-minded tall native named Stetson Roan, real name, Stetson. I decided to legally change my name to Stetson Barshaw. I like it so much. Together, they meet Bill Rustenberg, a semi-retired but accomplished and creative benefits advisor who proposes a plan a few years ago. He hatched a way to accomplish three seeming impossibilities way better health plan, way lower costs, and way better outcomes. And it's designed for everyone. And a tricky but clever separation from this out-of-touch bureaucracy occupying their magnificent granite palace in Hipsterville. I mean, 300 million bucks for an ivory tower covers a lot of potential teacher salaries and smaller classrooms, but no. September 1 marks the three-year anniversary of this next-gen benefits plan, and 150 school districts, including some jumbos like El Paso, are following the Raymond Bill game plan. So a dissertation was recently defended a few weeks ago at Lamar University called the Case Study for Group Health Insurance Coverage at One Texas School District. The dissertation was defended by our guest today, now Dr. Ben Clinton. I'm going to let Ben tell the story from here. Hey, Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ron. Uh, great introduction. Oh, thank you. This story really starts out with, with TRS, their standard practice of increasing their rates every year. And one of our technology employees overhearing two custodians talking about uh, the, the raise that they got. And, and the comment that came out was, well, if I got a raise, why am I making less money? The, the increase in rates for TRS Active Care was canceling out the 2% raise that we were giving every year in the paycheck was, was lower for those employees. And, and on top of that, TRS, like you mentioned, was decreasing benefits, a, a higher deductible, 
or, or other things that were making it to where not only was it insurance that our employees couldn't afford because it was more uh, more expensive, but even if they shelled out and, and paid and, and had that insurance, they couldn't afford to use it. And so they weren't going to the doctor. And that really kind of got put right in front of us when Setson and I started talking about how to give employee benefits and make this a better place to work. And he just had the idea that we're going to fix it. And so he stood at the end of the year ceremony and told their employees that we were going to fix healthcare. And then we just moved forward. He said that, uh, mentioned that we, we talked to Bill Rustenberg. We talked to him. We went through the District of Innovation Plan. It was an interesting process. Uh, Texas Education Code makes it to where we cannot or we could not offer an alternative to TRS Active Care. But Texas Insurance Code said that because of the size of our district, we had to offer TRS Active Care. District of Innovation gave us a way out of the education code so that we could offer something side-by-side -side TRS Active Care. And that's where the partnership plan came up. And we were in a position once we found that loophole that I think that a lot of other districts are in now. You mentioned 130 others, uh, but the other thousand school districts sitting there wondering whether or not they should jump, whether they should stick with TRS Active Care, that status quo business as usual, or to jump into this American health insurance jungle. And so for us, when we looked at it, the tough choice, but we decided that it was not okay to, to have a third of our employees uninsured. And I think that that's probably what you're gonna find as you go around the school districts who are offering TRS Active Care the way we had been, it's gonna be about that, a third of, one of the employees uh, not able to afford the health insurance or the deductible so high that they're just not able to use it. Well, so let's dig into your plan a little bit, Ben. I want to talk yeah. about outcomes for health that you've seen the last three years. I want to talk about the costs. Of course, sure. we've had a pandemic, so it's been a bizarre time in history. Mm -hmm. um, and I also want to talk about retention. Again, a bizarre time in history, but basically what you decided is to go local. And what I mean by go local is there are local PCPs, primary care, there's local pharmacies, there's local pretty much specialists in a lot of areas, or at least nearby, or telehealth. How does the plan look to an employee if they need to go get care from their perspective? And how are you going local? Explain that a little bit. Yeah, so we reached out. There's a Physicians Alliance, the South Texas Physicians Alliance. It's a group of local physicians. And we reached out and, and told them about our plan, uh, let them know how much we were paying, and then just started the meetings. And just got the word out. They were receptive. We we pay quickly. We pay uh, we pay uh, pay them well. Um, we have gone to sometimes offering cash pay uh, for the bigger procedures, but we engage our local physicians to be able to coordinate the care for our employees. Uh, and then, well, it's kind of a big part of our, our program is to try to avoid the inappropriate care. And so, we have our our employees select a primary care physician. We had our employees tell us who their PCP was. We reached out, we talked to them before we started this program. And then uh, after engaging with them, we gave the list of the uh, primary care physicians who would be included in the coordinated care. And, there, and then our employees from that list selected which doctor they were gonna use. Okay, so everybody got to keep their doc. What right. about when you have labor and delivery and you gotta go to an OB-GYN or you gotta go to a specialist for some break or a- yeah, So that primary care physician, if they're making the referral, then we end up paying that as coordinated care. Our employees are paying $50 for that specialty visit, and uh, it's a $1,000 deductible when they go there. Okay. And then what about for medications? How have y'all solved that problem? Mm -hmm. 
we use a pharmacy benefits manager and they're mostly going local. We're using pretty much the same formularies we were using before. Very similar to the TRS active care formulary. Got it. Are you saving any money on it because you're going direct? We're seeing a little bit of savings. Um, we're using a, a pharmacy benefits manager that's a direct pass through. Got it. Okay. So they have some kind of a markup that they're getting and they tell you right. what it looks like. Right. Okay. Yeah. A big, a big part of what we're doing, uh, whether it's the pharmacy benefits manager or our, our uh, third party administrator, is just trying to have as much transparency as we can in those contracts and avoiding the managed care contracts with specialists or doctors or hospitals and just focusing on uh, on reference-based pricing. And so the TPA already has the deals with the RBP, the reference-based pricing with all the hospitals or the major centers around you, right? So you're not having to negotiate something yourself. No, there, there are times. So, so we've got a healthcare consultant and that third-party administrator who our, our employees will walk in and there are times that they're going to have to sit and we're going to have to negotiate a little bit, but we've been successful in in getting that taken at hospitals and specialists. Okay, so from the employee standpoint, they haven't noticed any difference in the care they got other than their costs went way down. Are, are there any premiums involved other than this deductible for specialists? Yeah, so if, if you go uncoordinated care, so if you had a doctor and he was not on our list, you could go and you could visit that doctor and it's a $25 copay for that visit. Or if you go to uh, one that's in coordinated care, that's a $0 copay. Okay, but what happened to my premiums? Did they go away? No. So the school district, instead of, well, we gave a raise, but we gave another portion of that raise and we put more money into it. And so we're paying $350 per employee. And we decided we used to put $225 in. We decided to add $125 toward the premium to cover the full cost of the premium for employees. So our employees have $0 premium. If they do coordinated care, it's $0 copay and $0 deductible. Okay, perfect. So now, what has that done for your retention versus where you were before? We had, I believe, last year, four new teachers, whereas three years ago, we had 24 new teachers. And so our retention rate is way up. Do you think it has something to do with this? I'm sure it is. Okay. We've actually been able to use it not just for retention, but for recruiting. Uh, when we talked to some high-performing teachers from neighboring districts, we're able to say that we offer better health care and we're offering it for a lower price and that we're going to not just pay more than that district is, but you're going to save a few thousand dollars a year in healthcare costs. Yeah, you know, that does, Ben, is that takes the 90% that are complacent into non-complacency because they can't compete with you guys. Right. Yeah. So if you, if you imagine a perfect dot pixel map of Texas where 10% of the pixel map is playing ball with free healthcare, essentially, and the other 90% isn't, the human capital is going to drift to the free, obviously, clearly. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, yeah, we, we serve a low-income population, but we're really excited about the staff we've been able to build here in Raymondville. We've got some high-performing schools, highest-performing middle school in the area, our early college high school. We've actually been able to bring in 13 uh, teachers who have the credentials to teach dual enrollment. So we're doing some big things with our education program. And I think that what we're doing in health insurance has a lot to do with being able to recruit the right folks to make the difference in the classroom. Is that your biggest worry is recruiting good people all the time? That seems to yeah, be. Re yeah, recruiting and retaining. I mean, it was in about 2017, we put a big effort into making sure we do what it takes to get the best teachers available. Okay, I got it. Do you have trouble recruiting them to rural areas like in Raymondville? You know, it seemed like we used to, um, but we, I mean, so health insurance is part of it. We started doing sign-on bonuses. We gave good raises with, with Stetson coming in. 
it was a focus on bringing in the best people and then taking care of them so they stick around. Okay, so let's talk about your three goals that you and Rusterberg put together with Stetson is lower cost, better benefits, 100%, everybody's covered. Let's talk about lower costs first. What has this done for your, your budget? It's, it's been stable. We started with a $350 per employee per month and that continues to be for three years. Okay, so your overall spend is up, but is your healthcare cost down because you have less hospitalizations, less ER use, less urgent care use? What's going on there? So we suspect that the difficult thing is with TRS, we weren't able to get any of our claims data. We have now that it's the end of the year, we've requested. We'll know uh, soon side by side, but just watching what, what we're spending, we suspect that the spend is way down from where we were with TRS Active Care. Why won't they give you the data? Are they being pissy about it? It, it was only recently, it was in December that they said that no, they, they would not release that to districts in December. Uh, they changed our mind. Uh, we said that we wanted to wait until close to the end of the year to be able to look at that claims data to be able to use it for our, uh, our stop loss and, and risk assessment. Is it like passive aggressive or are they just saying we don't want to go to the trouble because you've opted out? And no, it, no, it wasn't just us. Nobody could. So none of the school districts who were using TRS Active Care could request that and get that information. Probably they could spend maybe 1,250 a square foot and use that other 200 a square foot to figure out how to do that for y'all. But, <laughs> but so Senate Bill 1444, the one same uh, bill that opened it up to where any school district can choose to exit TRS Active Care, said that TRS Active Care also had to provide claims data. Uh, oh, there you go. Well, so now they're being forced to. So it's weird to me that a majority of your plan members, three out of four, are playing ball by the new plan rules, but a fourth of people are still going by the old rules with a thousand dollar deductible, co-pays and insurance. And why in the world is that static over the last three years? What's going on? Well, I think it's I think it's just uh, you stayed with what you know. They've they've been with TRS Active Care and had that recognizable network in there. And don't get me wrong, there have been times that it's going to take a few more minutes for a brand new provider, a brand new specialist, to recognize the third party administrator because it's one that they hadn't seen before. Mm. And so when we see a, a provider for the very first time, it's a little bit of a delay. Yeah. And so I think that that quarter, the folks who stayed on, just felt like, well. This is what I'm used to. This is what I've been using for the last 15 years that I've been with the district. I'm going to just continue it with it. I haven't had much trouble with it. And then we increased uh, the contribution for them too. So they saw some savings. Okay. Well, so Ben, it, it seems to me that folks that are in this space now, at least I'm seeing on my show, and I've only interviewed maybe half a dozen employers like y'all, but they're starting occupational health because they want a physically healthy workforce. And they're starting to offer mental health, which is a big problem in teaching. Is that part of the plan? Can they get mental health or OC health that they need it from? So, so it's, it's interesting you bring that up, uh, Ron. We're actually in process. Uh, we've got an architecture firm who just finished the design. And in about three weeks, we're going to start to build out an on-site primary care clinic for our staff with those things in mind, occupational health, to be able to connect people to the mental health as they need it. And so, yeah, we're, we continue to move in that direction. We started off doing something really good, and every year we've gotten a little bit better. Yeah. I'm going to introduce you to the Rosencare guys, who I'll send you a couple of shows if you like them. You can meet Ashley Bacow, but they have exactly that now for 30 years on site at a pretty nice size hotel chain in Orlando. And they're spending about mm, a third of what the other hotels are spending per member per month because they have on-site care. So they've created a whole new way of thinking about it, and they have 30 years experience. So you learn from those guys. 
what is next on your agenda of what you want to accomplish for the employees of the school district? Or do you have a bigger idea of what you want to do? I think that us doing this, we see the disruption to the system right away. It's We actually saw, so I guess I was first admit, we were a little nervous for the first year. After we did the District of Innovation and started putting our plan in place, we thought for sure the state was going to come and sue us and try to shut us down. But they didn't, and it went through, and our employees used the insurance for the first year. And then legislatively, uh, the state came through and with Senate Bill 1444, opened it up to where more school districts could leave TRS active care. I think that for, for us, we'd like to be that model. We'd like to be uh, to be able to open the eyes to other school districts and showing them this is how you take care of your employees. That there is a way for you to offer affordable, high quality health care. I hung out with Bill at his home a little bit. He lives not far from y'all. And Bill told me that I think El Paso Independent School District is in this game. What other bigger school districts in Texas are now either adopting some or all of this idea? Yeah, so so several schools. I think that they've got about 130 or 140 who opted out. But some of the schools who have opted out have just gone right back into this, this healthcare jungle and started doing some of the same things that TRS Active Care was doing and are finding that they're actually not saving the money that we're saving. It's, it's pretty specific that we're, we're using reference-based pricing. We're primary care focused to make sure we're avoiding inappropriate care. And we're not getting into managed care contracts that are going to not be able to track dollars to where we're not going to be able to see where our dollars are going. Mm. Okay, so mixed success out there. Because I think once you leave TRS, it's a permanent one-way ticket, isn't it? You're not invited back again. If you opt out, so you've got uh, by December 31st of each year, nine months before your plan is implemented, you've got to make the announcement that you're going to opt out. After that, you cannot offer TRS active care, and you've got to stay out of TRS active care for five years. Yeah, so it's a kind of a penalty box thing that they're not right. like it's too early to tell whether any are going to ask to get back in but I, I i bet you'll always be betting on black that very few are going to want to back into trs again yeah. okay so when you speak at conferences and do your tedx talks and are you getting a yawn are you getting an excited response? no i've got people leaning forward they're stopping to talk afterwards and the biggest thing is that i can say that in in my study was it's i was clear on what it was going to find because i saw it happen in front of me that we went from having a third of our employees that couldn't go to the doctor because they didn't have insurance to 100% of our employees insured and then getting these success stories. I uh, had one of our, our football coaches on the sideline got just rolled over and tore up his knee. At the end of the season, he was nervous about having surgery until he found out that everything was taken care of. He didn't pay a dime out of pocket for a knee reconstructive surgery. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, look, you're on the road. You're going to find savings, I think, just hearing you speak. I'm not an expert. I'm not a benefits coordinator. I'm not Bill. But I think you're going to find a lot more savings in your pharmacy spend. I think you're going to find a lot more specialty savings. I think you're going to find imaging spending savings. Are you, do y'all, have y'all contracted with an independent imaging? Or are y'all getting your uh, no. reads down by the hospital? We're, or who, how do y'all do that? We're getting, so so we'll encourage as much as we can and, and try to guide people to uh, some of the outside of the hospital to avoid that big hospital spend. Yeah. But even with the hospital, I, I mean, I, I had to get some imaging done and the hospitals took our reference-based reimbursement. Oh, good. Nice. Okay. Well, anyway, I think this is a path where you're going to actually have some fun. And, and again, that all drops to your bottom line. I mean, that's not yeah. like, that's not money that was going into the ethosphere. So very exciting to see companies and school districts jumping on this journey. And I suspect 
Do you have any sense of whether Texas is alone and that 10% are now opting out and going this independent route, or is this a unique process in Texas? You know, I'm not, I'm not aware of what, what's going on in, outside of Texas. Okay. Well, that's another show for another time. We can figure that one out. But we always want to feature folks like you that are doing innovation in primary care and offering something that's a little different because we all know legacy doesn't work. High deductibles don't work. I suspect that the one third that were not able to play ball and couldn't get care, it's not just a school's phenomenon in Raymondville, but it's a national phenomenon because we know the average American doesn't have a thousand bucks in the bank and the average person has way higher than a thousand dollar deductible. So it's functionally uninsured, we call it in our space. Yeah, Ron, one of the, one of the first things, the story that I, that I tell all the time is that one of the first incidents we had where this was really showing how it, it would work, we had one of our employees who had horrible back pain off and on throughout her career, but didn't have insurance, so never really got it checked out. The month after she got insurance, she got that again, ended up going to the hospital. She had kidney stones and went in, paid, a, paid her, her, her copay, which was $250, got out, had a $153,000 bill sent to her. I'm the one who got the call because I told her about this insurance that was great and it was going to cover things. And I told her, no, don't worry about it. Here's a process that we go back in the end. We paid $8,000. She paid $250 and the kidney stones were taken care of. She went to the ER, they took her across the street, did uh, an outpatient uh, procedure to take care of her. Luckily for her, she was able to get it done free of pain and had this and didn't have to worry about that $150,000 bill. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think she's drinking enough fluids. <laughs> what a great story and great way to finish this. Then if folks want to reach you and learn more, what's the best way to find you or reach out to you? You know, for me, LinkedIn is is a place that I'm I'm pretty active. I I think that'd probably be the best place. Just look me up, Benjamin Clinton. Okay. At, on LinkedIn. And if you can't find him, his wife is named Hillary. <laughs> you know, but so so with through this process, writing the dissertation, I was talk actually talking to my wife a lot. She's a pharmacist, and so I kept on asking her and talking to her about the pharmacy side of this. It was some interesting conversations that I I had kind of that that inside inside look into the pharmacy there. Yeah. Well, so you're a local hero and you deserve it. And I, again, you're, I think you're just going to find more and more as time marches on with people discovering a lot more bottom line that's going to contribute. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is. I mean, I, and I got I, I to make sure that, that I give a big thank you to Bill because when, when this started, Bill, right? I mean, I think the first week we met, he hands me a book. He says, here's the CEO's guide to restoring the American dream, mm. Dave Chase. And then he invites me up to the Free Market Medical Association, a meeting in Austin. I get to see and meet Dr. Marty McCary, read his book. And that ends up leading to a lot of the stuff that I put into my dissertation. And we're taking the, the things that Bill kind of showed us there in the beginning. We've taken those things, put them in place, and we're able to keep on going and to go even further and find new ways uh, to, to lower costs. So it's, I, I can't thank Bill enough uh, for what he did to get us started on this. Yeah, so if you want to Google primary care cures and free market medical association, we'll get to hear that. You can also hear, if you want, Keith Smith, who started this and hit the very first free market surgery center in Oklahoma. So there are lots of resources on this website that you can find to learn more about it yourself. Well, Ben, thank All you right. very much. If you could fly a banner over America with a single message, what would that look like? Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a tough one. I think that, hmm, give, me, give me a second to think well, about this. You can just, while you're thinking about it, you can just start calling me Stetson Barshop because I've decided to go <laughs> legally change my name downtown. But what a great name that is. Are you originally from Raymondville? I mean, is this, did you come home again? You know, the fun thing is I, I, I am. I, uh, 
I, I graduated from Raymondville, went to Rice, played a little bit of football for them, graduated from Rice and had a degree in economics, thought that I was going to you know, pursue that. But that was around the same time that we see uh, Enron. So it was 2004. We see Enron and Anderson Consulting going down. And so I ended up taking a job and teaching just to kind of, you know, lay low for a couple of years, let the let everything come back to, to life in, in, in that arena. And it, it just I loved it. I loved being a teacher. I loved being a coach. And then just moved up and through principalship and then uh, now deputy superintendent. Yeah. Well, you're on a great career path. Uh, ben, thanks again for joining the show. And uh, next time we get you on, you'll have to fly two banners and tell us that story, okay? <laughs> All right, Ren. Thank okay, you. Ben, thanks. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.